Lord, let our presence, let us be caught up in your presence continually. Not to be no earthly good, but to walk in and with the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, for those who feel dry, pour out your living water on them. For those who are feeling parched, pour out your living water on them, God. For those who are feeling unworthy, Lord God, just pour out your worthiness upon them. Let them them know their identity in who they are. As sons and daughters of a living God. That your promises are yes and amen, not maybe. Father, I just pray you ignite something within us. Help us to be catalysts of your word. Help us to walk the word out, not just to know it, but to live it. Help us, God, to examine ourselves, as Hannah was talking about today, to examine ourselves, not to look in the speck in our brother or sister's eye, but not look at the log in our own. Help us to be able to turn the other cheek when one is slapped. Help us, God. Jesus, touch our hearts, our minds, our soul, Holy Spirit, minister. Father, I pray we never take your word for granted. We never take your scriptures for granted. We never take praising and worshipping you for granted. We never take having communion weekly for granted. Just bless this word today, God. Let it be sharper than a double-edged sword. Let it divide even bone and marrow. God, let it, let it do something within us. Ignite us. Stir us up. Timmy say, Timothy says, fan your, your gift, fan your flame, fan your gift into being. Let us not be complacent and lazy and excusing of things. But Lord, Lord, do something fresh in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give the band a hand as they grab a seat today? Grab your seats, guys. Let's be praying for our family members to come along every Sunday. It's so good that, that you are here and we just need to be praying for that and continue to pray. You know, draw that circle around yourself. Seriously, go into a room, shut the door, get on your knees. Get on your knees and pray. Because there are so many souls in this Seaford area going to hell. So many souls. And even the the best of best people, we think they're good people. Unless they know Jesus, the only way to the Father is through the Son. We need to be praying for them and believing for them. You know, Cameron's word he brought today about the sift and the I know he used noodles, but God instantly said to me while he was bringing that word, and he's not in the room to hear it now, but he said, I am setting, God said, I am setting you apart. 
Because what happens is when the water drains out, the noodles, it sets it apart from the water. God said, I'm setting you apart for a purpose, a usable, functional purpose. And he's setting this church apart. And you're part of that. Because let me tell you, the pastor cannot do it. (laughs) You know, I'm here to equip the saints and release them. That's my job. Nothing else. Equip the saints and release them. I release thee. (laughs) Anyway, can I tell you though this morning, you would not be here without faith. You would not be here without faith this morning. Otherwise, you would be staying at home or going to the beach or make an excuse why you can't be here or whatever else. You know what I mean? You would not be here without faith. You know, over the past months, we've been learning about the gifts of the Spirit. These being the gifts, and I'll go back, the gifts of revelation, which were the power to know supernaturally, which were the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits. Let me tell you, you guys should all pretty much who have heard all this and you should get a certificate. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm teaching on this stuff so we are more equipped for what the Holy Spirit is going to do in this church, with this people and with people to come. God is equipping you for a purpose. If you haven't heard them all, go back onto our live stream, which some are on, or go back onto onto podcast now, for there's a couple on there. But anyway, that was the gifts of revelation. Then we did the gifts of inspiration, which is the power to speak supernaturally. And these were the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. I encourage you again, if you haven't heard those three different sermons, which the gift of prophecy took a lot longer to get through but let me tell you it's a very important part and we've seen prophecy rise in this house since that preaching was done because anyone can prophesy doesn't make you a prophet but you can prophesy the Holy Spirit does it and empowers it through you can you understand the Holy Spirit wants to move through us so much individually but we can stifle him and put him in a box and even tell him No, actually, Holy Spirit, I can't do that. When the Holy Spirit's going, you know what? It's not about you. It's about what I'm going to do through you and in you and for you. Okay, so that's what we've done so far. So this is the last series on the gifts of the Spirit. And today I will, well, we'll begin with the gifts of, this is over this next series. It's called the gifts of power. I've got a slide for this. These are... Gifts to impart power to act or do supernaturally. These are exciting gifts. Who's excited? They're exciting supernatural gifts to do. I've been in lots of meetings when that's gone down. But the gift of faith, the gift of healings, and the working of miracles. These are all things we want to see happen, right? Although we should... The word tells us we should yearn for all the gifts of the Spirit. So power is simply defined as the ability to do something. Hence, power gifts are used by the Christian to do God's will. It's God's will through the Holy Spirit who empowers you to step out and do things you could not in your natural self. That are the gifts of power. That's what they are. 
Thus, this set of power gifts are quite important. So why are they so important? I've got a couple of scriptures. First of all, in James 1.22, it says, But prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts, and not merely listeners who hear the word but fail to internalise its meaning, deluding yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. The second one is Matthew 7.24. It says this, so everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, a far-sighted, practical and sensible man who built his house on the rock. You know, the power gifts are useful for A, doing God's will, B, offering service to humanity, C, edifying the body of Jesus Christ and D, living a victorious Christian life. Don't we want to be doing that? These power gifts are the continuation of Jesus' compassionate ministry to those in need. This is what he, he walked in all the time. He showed some of the, of course, he, he, Jesus is the accompaniment of all gifts. But the truth is he walked in this gift, these gifts, the power gifts. That's what drew people to Jesus because of these gifts that he had. So this morning, we're going to start off with the first one. And I've got a slide here. It's called the gift of faith. We'll start off with now. I want to tell you something. (laughs) I chose this photo for a reason. This is an F5 tornado, right? You ever want to feel power? The person who took this photo, his name is Greg Johnson. And he's a storm chaser in Alabama. So there's now five tornado coming through, mate. You want to feel power? Maybe just stand where they, where that, see where that car is. These, these things take out whole suburbs. That is power. And we, that won't even touch the power that God has and wants to move in and through us. Just think about that for a minute. So I'm going to use this one, this slide here, this reminder that our God is a powerful God. He's a powerful God. So before we start on this gift, I just want to talk about the relationship between the power gifts. So the gift of faith is the foundation on which the other two gifts are built. Okay, so the gifts of healings and the working of miracles. You've got to have faith to move in those gifts. The gift of healings and the working of miracles. It tells us there's there's scriptures in Matthew. I'm not going to share them all in chapter 14, chapter 17. So is it possible for someone to have either one of these gifts without first having the gift of faith? No. Also, some healings that do the impossible are miracles themselves. So we can say there is an intersection between the gifts of healing and the gift of the working of miracles. Consequently, it's possible for a Christian to operate in both power gifts. It is possible. It's prophesied over me I can't remember how many times now that I'm a I'm a woman of great faith and I carry this gift of faith and um, sometimes I don't feel like it but I'll take that one so the definition I've got a slide for this of the gift of faith is that the gift of faith is a supernatural surge of confidence from the spirit of God the ability to believe which arises within a person faced with a specific situation or need, whereby that person receives a transrational, which is beyond rational, that's what transrational means, 
certainty and assurance that God will act regardless of what we have, regardless of what, what's in front of us, that God will act anyway. So a quote reads, a quote I read said this, it is both the, irresist, uh, the irresistible, start again Mel, it is both the irresistible knowledge of God's intervention at a certain point and the authority to affect its intervention through the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.9 says, To another, faith by the same Spirit. The Apostle Paul is not speaking of the saving faith by which a man believes in Christ. True, saving faith is a gift of God. If only in the sense that without the God-given capacity to trust, faith in Christ would be impossible for any one of us. Clearly, Paul is not thinking of that here when he talks about that gift in 1 Corinthians. He's referring to a special ability to trust God in the dark when all the odds are against you, the ability to hold on to God in prayer over many years for the conversion of some, some loved one that's on your heart, the sure perception of the will of God on a particular matter in the future which enables you enables you to act as though it had already happened. Wow. So some examples. So in you know in Hebrews 11 they call it the hall of faith. If you haven't read Hebrews 11, please do. If you ever want some sort of encouragement, go and read it. But there's a few this morning I'd like to mention. First of all, Noah had this gift of faith and believed in God against all odds that there would be a flood and acting on that belief by building an ark despite the laughter of all the people surrounding him and the fact there was never one little drop of rain that ever fell on the soil. It came up as a mist, right? But it never fell from the sky. So that took great faith. That was a gift of faith that was on Noah to do that. Then we have Abraham had this gift of faith in believing that God was calling him out of Ur even though it was economic madness to live his expensive home in a prosperous city. He was a very wealthy man. So was his family. And entrust himself to God and to the desert. Oh, yeah, sure, God. I'll leave all the comforts of my recliner and my good food and my great fridge and my pool and everything. I've got. And I'm going to go live in the desert. I'm going to go, like I've preached before, somewhere where I'm not going to know I'm going to, where I'm going. You're going to tell me when I'm going to get there. That's what God said to him. You go. I'll let you know. Just go this way. I'll let you know when you're there. Can you imagine doing that? That was a gift of faith. Daniel in the lion's den. Man, that, that was a gift of faith. <laughs> Jesus, when he said to Lazarus, come out. He was dead. Lazarus, come out of that tomb. That was a gift of faith. The Apostle Paul, in Acts 27, he was sent to Rome. Then he was shipwrecked in chapter 28. And then he was safe at Malta again and arrives again back in Rome. I mean, let me tell you, that was a gift of faith, what the Apostle Paul did. If you don't know what he did, go read Acts 27, 28. Elisha and the floating axe head in 2 Kings 6. And there are so many others where the gift of faith was administered. It is obvious why this gift is mentioned alongside other healings and miracles. You cannot heal 
in the name of Jesus without having faith that the great healer himself will act. You cannot exercise in Christ's name without a deep exercise of faith. The faith that moves mountains is a gift of the Spirit and it is closely allied to action in the power of the Spirit. It is not the same as the fruit of the Spirit, which includes love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness and others. These qualities should increasingly be seen in every Christian life and we should be, you know, we do trip up and stumble on all those things on the, the fruits, but the truth is we're not Jesus. But we, we should be increasing in those gifts, the, the fruit of the Spirit, right? The gift of faith seems rather to be this clear insight into the will of God, the staking all upon it, this unwavering conviction that God will provide. Even in the most impossible circumstances that has marked some questions in every age who have received that particular gift from the Spirit. You know, I was, like I said, I was prophesied over by Pastor Nicholas saying, don't stop dreaming big. That's a gift of faith over my life because I can't help it. I can't help it. I see, I see more than the stage too. I just need to hurry up and get in there so I can start praying the next section. But the truth is we, we can't. When you've got that gift of faith on you, you, you're positive in lots of areas where nobody else could ever find their way out. Kenneth Hagen, now listen, I'm not telling you I agree with everything Kenneth Hagen has said. Um, but Kenneth Hagen, and I haven't got anything against the guy, but Kenneth Hagen has said, faith like prayer is something that is easily confused in the mind of people. A lot of times we just put it all in the same sack Mix it up and shake it all out together. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? Everyone, believers and non-believers alike, can understand natural human faith. People have faith in the things of this world through the experience of the five senses. Do we know what the five senses are? Good work. You've got them. Some people may not have sight or they may not have hearing, but they have other senses. But they are the five senses. It takes natural faith to turn on the television and to believe we'll see and hear something of interest. Not these days. Don't bother. With Big Brother and all that going on, just don't turn the TV on. Seriously. Mum and dads and... Anyway. Watch a documentary. Watch, watch The Chosen. There are lots of other things to watch. Anyway, even though the average person doesn't understand electronics of television, it's me, they still have the faith to turn it on and believe they're going to see a picture. It takes natural faith, do you know, to sit down in a chair. And I'll tell you why. Not so much these chairs, but in a chair. If a person could see the molecular structure of that chair and the large amount of space represented in something that looks so solid, they might sit down a little bit more gingerly. But we trust it, don't we? It's going to hold me up. It takes natural faith to turn on the light and believe you're going to be able to see. It takes natural faith to get on a plane and go on a flight and believe you're going to make it. To get in and drive a car and believe, man, that thing's going to break. It does. It takes faith to do it. And even just to walk in this world, 
right now. It takes natural faith. A person can have this kind of faith and not believe in God at all. Not even have accepted Christ. Natural faith is trusting something or someone you can see, hear or touch. And it's the whole concept of seeing is believing. That's natural faith. True faith, though, that comes from God is supernatural and above all the natural faith senses. There are three kinds of supernatural faith. The first is saving faith. The second is the fruit of the Spirit. And the third is the gift of faith. I'll be talking more about these in a minute. The Bible tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. In Hebrews chapter eleven six, 6, it says this, But without faith, it is impossible to walk with God and please Him, for whoever comes near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. Salvation does not come from good deeds, but from our faith in Jesus Christ. The key to a Christian faith is not seeing is believing, but believing before seeing. And it goes contrary to natural faith, right? Because everything around us is natural faith. But a God faith, we need to believe before we see it. A quote says that if you're going to have faith, you can't just have it when miracles happen. You have to have it when they don't. I believe that the faith starts, I believe that faith starts way before miracles ever happen. Jesus is not evident to our physical senses right now. He's not evident. He's not standing in front of us. But by the Holy Spirit, we are able to experience his love and his fellowship here and now. This saving faith itself is a gift from God and not from something we can manufacture. Saving faith comes to humanity by the proclamation of God's word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God in Romans 10 chapter 17. Once we have received Jesus, the scripture says that each Christian has been given the measure of faith that they need in Romans 12 verse 3. Do you know you have given, been given the measure of faith if you know Jesus as Lord and Saviour? We all start out with an equal measure of faith, but some continue to grow in faith. We should aspire to grow in faith. It is a muscle. The more you use it, the, the greater it will become. And some don't, some don't make that choice to grow in faith. But the choice is ours. We've got to make that choice as an individual that we want our faith extended and grown. God always has more in store for children because his supply is unlimited. <laughs> unlimited supply. Much of the confusion that exists concerning the gift of faith can be avoided if we understand that there are a number of different kinds of faith, and I want to talk about those quickly this morning. The different expressions of faith that we can have or experience, different expressions. So first of all, I'm going to talk a bit more about the natural faith. The first one is natural faith. This has nothing to do with the Spirit of God. It is the sort of faith you have when you sit on a chair without worrying whether it will collapse on you or not, as I spoke about. This is the faith some people do not have when, for example, faced with the prospect of flying in an aircraft, they say something like, I'm not flying unless I can have one foot on the ground. Who's heard that? Remember my mum used to say that a bit. Or they even quote Mother Nature and the universe. Faith, which is a creed, by the way, 
is the doctrine we profess to believe. It is part of our creed, is having faith. In Ephesians 4.13, says this, Until we all reach oneness in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become a mature believer, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting his spiritual completeness and exercising our spiritual gifts and unity. Wow. You should go home and put that on your fridge. That is a huge verse. To become a mature believer. You see, God doesn't intend us to still be babies. He wants us mature. Anyway, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20 to 21. Oh, Timothy, guard and keep safe the deposit of godly truth entrusted to you. Turn away from worldly and godless chatter with its profane, empty words and the contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and by doing so have erred, missed the mark and strayed from the faith. That's what happens when we're listening to wrong things. Jude 1.3, there is only one chapter in Jude, but verse 3 says, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I was compelled to write to you urgently, appealing that you fight strenuously for the defense of the faith, which was once for all handed down to the saints, the faith that is the sum of Christian belief that was given verbally to believers. So that first one, is natural faith. Second, the second type of faith is saving faith. If we believe that Jesus Christ died for us, that faith cleanses us from all sin and defeats death. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank him for that. That faith changes a person's life. That faith is a saving faith. In Acts 16, 31, man, I love this verse because the jailer was converted and they answered, Believe in the Lord Jesus as your personal saviour and entrust yourself to him and you will be saved. You and your household if they also believe. How beautiful is that? Of course, even this faith is a gift from God. In Ephesians 2.8, For is by grace God's remarkable compassion and favour drawing you to Christ that you have been saved, actually delivered from judgment and given eternal life through faith. And this salvation is not, not of yourselves, not through your own effort, but is the undeserved, gracious gift of God. Undeserved, gracious gift. So another type of faith, other than natural faith and saving faith, is the fruit of faith. I do have a slide for this, by the way. Sorry, Andrew. Faithfulness. Okay? Faith leads to faithfulness. So in Galatians 5, he's going to flip out of that now. Galatians 5.22, it says this, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. Ooh. Kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. The fruit of faithfulness comes as a result of our salvation, union with Christ. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him brings forth what? Much fruit in John 15, 5. From the time of our union with Jesus, divine, we have the potential of bearing fruit in abundance. 
Our faith, trust, belief in Jesus is the work of God, the Holy Spirit. And it is He who supplies the faith as we go along in the Christian life. It is He that does it. We don't conjure it up. He gives it to us. Our part is to respond to Him. Faith in Jesus, both initial faith and continuing faith, is the basis of all the other fruit and the gifts of the Spirit. Its importance cannot be over, uh, overestimated, really. That, that importance of faith. The fruit is brought about through the process of time. Anyone here have fruit trees? Put your hands up. It's brought about through the process of time. One doesn't plant a tree and the next day pick fruit. Some, some trees don't fruit for a couple of years. The tree must be cultivated, fed and watered. The word abide means to take up permanent residence. The result of abiding in the fruit of God, of, of a godly Christian character. Our growth in the fruit of faith depends on a constant walk with Jesus. Prayer, daily food from scriptures and fellowship in the Holy Spirit. Carrying those fruit gifts. This is a general faith that grows as we grow in the Lord. As we know Him more, we trust Him more. Being able to believe Him for things we could not have previously. This faith the world is looking for. The hope beyond all understanding. This is what the world wants. The faith relates very much to the growth of our Christian character and life. Apart from natural faith, saving faith and the fruit of faith, there is also what we're talking about today, the gift of faith, the supernatural spiritual gift. It is, it is a supernatural impartation of special faith to believe God for a specific situation that may come out of nowhere where you felt no hope and instantly God said, I'm going to give you a portion of the gift of faith. So you can leave that country and do this. So that you can, you can uh, go and build that ark. So you can, you know, this is, this is what God does. The gift of faith is potential in the believer from the time of receiving Jesus. But like the other gifts, it becomes much more active after the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to learn about that after we've learned about the other gifts I'm talking about. Not today. Baptism of the Holy Spirit lost my place got excited about that then unlike the fruit it is given instantaneously it is a sudden surge of faith usually in a crisis to confidently believe without a doubt that as we act or speak in Jesus's name it will come to pass you know Smith Wigglesworth who loves him Man, I love anyone that can look in the eyes of the devil and blow out his candle and say, oh, it's only you. Anyway, in all his glory, mate, at the end of his bed. Anyway, you will often find, he said, this is what Smith Wigglesworth said, you will often find that if you will make a step of faith and use your own faith, now this is a man of faith, right? So you often find that if you make a step of faith and use your own faith that you have as an individual Christian, when you come to the end of that faith, very often, the supernatural faith will take over. The reason it hasn't happened with a lot of people is that they don't first use what they already have. Wow. 
primarily the gift of faith is an, un, is an unsertive gift in itself in that it is something you receive. You may then, on the basis of that faith, do other things or be brought to a place where the operation of another gift of the Spirit comes into operation. A quote says, Faith meets no challenge or obstacle too great, for it brings the limitless. It brings unequaled power of God against it. In the book of Hebrews 11.1, it says, Faith is the substance of all things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We learn several things from this. First, from that verse, we learn several things. First, faith is now. Or it's not faith at all. Do you understand that? Faith is now or it's not faith. Faith is present tense. Hope is future tense. Faith is believing before saying, but it will equally bring substance to what you have believed. Faith is not passive. Faith is active. So just to conclude this morning. The level of faith in which we are living may ebb and flow. That's what I want you to understand. Depending on the scale of of where you are on the faith level, it will ebb and flow. Sometimes we find that we are strong in faith. The Holy Spirit in our spirit is allowed to work and wonderful things happen in our lives. And other times, the hang-ups, the doubts, the fears and the debris in our souls that the Holy Spirit is working to remove get in the way. And we are not able to function as well. Some believers consistently operate at a high level of faith, while others often have difficulty getting it up off the ground, so to speak. Though the gift of faith may be active from time to time in our lives, it should not surprise us. We are also we also will experience times of doubt. This should only serve to remind us of the scripture verse, Philippians 2.13. When we feel that doubt and faith evaporates for a bit. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you. Both to will and to work, that is strengthening exercising and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. It is God who works in you and me. Expect the Lord to manifest his wonderful gift of faith through you, just as you expect the other gifts. So to finish up, how can I build How can I build up my faith? Given that all the gifts of the Holy Spirit become manifest through faith, we should desire to build up our most holy faith. We can do this by hearing and and reading the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. Praying in the Holy Spirit, Jude 1, 20 to 21. And getting associated with people 
who have great faith. In Philippians, in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, you know, that the fact that iron sharpens iron. Get around people. Believe for supernatural things to manifest and happen. Don't listen to the lies of the devil. Don't, don't give him a second. Push beyond your own natural understanding of faith and live and walk in your saving faith. Then testify through the gift of faith. Please stand with me this morning as we pray. Has your faith been encouraged today? Has a faith within you pressing on the area of wanting to grow? Or are you unsure? I encourage you this morning just to close your eyes, bow your heads. Focus on anyone but you. That includes you guys up on the stage here. That was a great introduction. But right now, I just want to say, how's your faith going? How's it going? Because God wants to administer into you this morning, whether you're in this room and you're listening on podcast, another measure of faith. But you need to believe that. You need to believe that God, that's what God wants for you. It is a muscle. What is God putting before you at the moment that is taking faith to believe that it can happen? That it will happen? That God will make that way where there seems to be no way? With, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I, I encourage you this morning, say, Lord, increase my faith. Increase it in me. Even if I don't walk in the gift of faith, just increase faith in my life in general. But then you can yearn and say, Lord, I, I would yearn to walk in the gift of faith in my life. To encourage others where they seem to have no hope. To see, to not have to see things, to believe in a greatness, to, to be praying things into forerunning, to know that you're a God that goes before us, to know that you have the very best purposes and plans for our life, to know, God, that you are the one that will make all things true and clear. Father, today I just pray, right now actually, with, with every head bowed, every eye closed, that's you today, why don't you just... Lift your hand to him. Lift your hands to him and say, Lord, touch me today. Increase my faith. Increase my faith in this situation. Whether, whether it be, you know, for finances, whether it be for, for things that, that you can't even see a way through, whether it's for healing, reach out to him today in this room. Believe for faith. Increasing measure. Lord, right now, I pray for those people who've got their hands lifted in this house. I pray, Lord, you give them a triple portion. Father, stir up the faith within them. Father, 
right now. Just pray if there's a gift of faith on any of these lives, Lord God. I just pray against the devil and his lies. I say, Lord, release it. Release it. Release it right now in Jesus' name. Release. I just pray, Lord God. Father, you expand their territory. Expand their knowledge of faith. Expand their trust for miracles to take place. And healings to take place. Father, I just pray also right now for everyone else in this room. Stir up our faith, Lord. That we can believe beyond what we can see. That we can know beyond what our own knowledge is. Father, today I just pray a blessing over each and every person in this room and those listening online. Let them feel the power of the Holy Spirit right now as they reach out to you. A God who answers, a God who cares and loves us so much. He gave his one and only son and that we do not have to sit in a confessional box, Lord. We can go straight to you, Lord Jesus, and confess the things we need to confess and have healing. And you wipe our slate clean so beautifully. Because Jesus, you took our sin and you nailed it to the cross. So Father, today we lift our eyes to you and not to man. We say, Lord, increase our faith. Stir up the gift of faith in this house, in our lives, in Jesus' name. We all said, amen, amen. Bless you all. Hope you have a great day. Next week, Ross will be preaching. So I want you to come along and support him. It's his first time of preaching. So we want to support you, Ross, in that. Looking forward to it. Sure, there'll be more. Um, anyway, and uh, also uh, the next time I preach, I'll be pre- uh, preaching on the gift of healings. Can you please cover me in some prayer as I preach on these power gifts? Because the enemy tries to smash me when I do it. But I'm believing that God is going to do something in this place. Invite guests, bring people along because God is doing something here. Do you believe it? And we need to have others catch what God is doing. You know, Cameron, you, you weren't here when I, I mentioned what you said about the sifter and the noodles. You had to pop out a minute. But I believe as soon as you were saying that, I just felt a supernatural thing hit me in the chest and God is saying, I am setting a rise apart. So I'm getting rid of everything else but the very substance of what you need as a church to move forward.